This week's episode of Hey Coach, It's Blank Podcast is brought to you by Bubbles and Blocks Child Development Center of Lincoln. On this episode, I catch up with Lincoln Journal star columnist Amy Just as she takes us through the path that allowed her to land at her dream job and to be able to put her own spin on it as well. Then we dive into a few stories from her time in Kansas, Montana, and covering the Saints in New Orleans before getting to her first year of covering things right here in Lincoln. Check out the Hey Coach, It's Blank podcast coming up next. The Hey Coach, It's Blank podcast returns today. I am Mike Schaefer, and today I'm joined by Journal Star columnist Amy Just. Amy, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's been a yeah. I so far. I'm excited because we have not really had a chance to to interact a lot yet. Um, and you sort of have the the job that I kind of grew up like that was a columnist was like the the thing I think I wanted to be when I decided that media was the route that I wanted to go. And really I say media, I wanted a newspaper. Like that was the the biggest thing in my world when I was like 13 was the, the, the newspaper. And so I don't know, probably not a lot of 13 year olds that would ever say that comment. But to me, that was like the, the pinnacle of everything. So I am excited to, to kind of dive into, to this conversation, but I, I want to start first kind of before we get to where you are now, how did we arrive at this point where you're the, the lead columnist uh, for, for the Journal Star for covering sports? I, let's, let's just sort of just jump like right into the, the very beginning. When did you know that you wanted to be uh, involved with newspapers, involved with the media and, and all of that? So, you know, when you're little and you're like, my name's Mike, I'm seven, my favorite color is blue and I want to be an astronaut when I grow up. So we have found my like childhood, like grade school papers going back as early as like second grade to where I've, I started saying like sports writer, sports broadcaster, like things in that vein. So I don't really have this like aha moment Mm -hmm. because I, there isn't one. Like, it's just something that I've always wanted to do. Um, I read every newspaper that I could get my hands on when I was little, um, growing up in South Central Nebraska. Um, so my parents were, you know, regular subscribers of the Carney Hub. So I read a lot of Buck Mahoney and I would read Omaha and Lincoln at school. So I'd be reading Chattel and Sipple and, you know, a lot of people that I'm on the beat with now, um, which makes them feel really old. And I always apologize for it. Um, <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Let's, let's make people feel old. I like that. I mean, it is what it is. That's just the way that it goes. Like it'll be us someday. So we might as well. Oh, just I, get feel our it. In. Oh, yeah. I feel it already. Right. Um, even though I'm not that old, uh, some of the things that are the younger people on the beat, like the student journalists, they're like, yeah, you know, I was born in like 2001 and I'm like, no. Yeah. And so starting to get how uh, other people have felt when I say, oh, you know, I graduated high school in 13 and they're like, "Ooh, no. So um, <laughs> coming full circle to bite me. Uh, but yeah, I, um, 
Yeah. So as early as I can remember, and even before I remember, this is something that I wanted to do. And so I worked my whole young life working towards that. So when people ask me, oh, what did you do? What did you do? I'm like, well, like I did everything that I could starting in elementary school to prepare for to prepare me for this. So it's not something that can be replicated because that that's just so weird. Like you don't ever hear that for anything. Mm -hmm. People change their minds and that's what's normal. Like sticking with something that you wanted to do since you were eight is not normal at all. <laughs> Has it been rewarding? Yeah. Well, then that's well, all that matters. Yeah. It's weird though. Cause I got to my dream job when I was 28 and like, that's amazing. But it's also weird, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it. I, I, I definitely get it. I, what, I, what I, I'm always fascinated by, so, you know, whether it was Sean Callahan, who was the last episode, Sam McEwen, who was the first episode, you know, Lauren Michelson, John Bishop. When did, like, when did you know that it was sports and not something else related to a newspaper that was really what you, you kind of wanted? Like, from a right away or did you sort of yeah. gravitate towards that later no it was right away it was always sports journalism always it was never like regular air quotes journalism like it was always sports um, i grew up just outside of a very 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 small town in south central nebraska and went to the school the next town over and there were in my kindergarten class i'd say there were about 30 ish of us maybe north of that there were only eight girls and we like you know to make friends you had to you know like sports and all of those things because you had to befriend the boys you know like that's just the way that it worked and so I read as much as I could to learn about all of the football things because obviously I wasn't playing. I wanted to. My mom didn't let me. I tried. I really tried. Try to get in the schoolyard games. Well, I got in schoolyard games, but I wanted yeah. to play like organized like PB. Okay. And my mom would not let me. But I wanted She wouldn't to. let you be a pioneer in your local town. Yeah, no. I but the thing was, I mean, in fourth grade, I was so much taller than everyone. Like yeah. I would have been okay. It's like junior high football, that would have been the problem. I think. But whatever, she said no, so here we are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was always, always sports, always. Yeah. And I always like to write, and I love to read, and so I just felt that in my young little head that it was a natural uh, pairing of the two things that I really enjoyed. Was was football like the initial sport that sort of brought you into things or what kind of do you remember like what your first favorite sport was? Yeah, so I loved watching football as a kid. I loved playing football at recess. Um, I really liked basketball. I liked volleyball. Um, I loved running, though I was a, a sprinter back then. Um, I was a swimmer for 10 years. So honestly, I liked the variety. Uh, I loved the Olympics growing up. Like the 2004 Olympics, I was in fourth grade. And that was like a that was really Athens, right? Like they went yeah. back to, that was like the, the home. I remember yeah. that being a huge deal. It was a super huge deal. And it was such a foundational moment for me. 
because uh, I had just started like competitive competitive swimming and that was so cool for me and I made nationals for track and field like two years later and so like I just loved all sports um and I think that has carried me well even now that I'm not pigeonholed into one or two things like I can confidently write about a lot of different things uh because I like a lot of different things did you so you're you're younger you're loving sports you're getting your hands on every newspaper everything that you can read did you kind of like uh you know I I mentioned that I wanted to be a columnist when I was younger Mm -hmm. did you did you have like was there already a a spot in the profession where you're like oh I want to do this like did you did you know, was there like a team you wanted to cover? Did you sort of, the idea of being able to to kind of cover everything sort of as a columnist now sort of does? Did, was there anything like that in your mind at that point? I wanted to be simple. Like I really did. <laughs> I did. Sentences nobody should ever say out loud. I know. I know. But I was a little kid, right? Yeah, like, no, I mean, I get it. I get like, it. Like that's, that's what I wanted. Yeah. And it's crazy how things have worked out because when I was a little kid, I really, really, really wanted to be the colonist for the journal. So I wanted to be simple, but I also knew that he would like never leave because why would you ever leave a job like this? Um, And I was stunned when they called me to gauge my interest for this because I didn't know that he was leaving that hadn't been made public yet, but Mm -hmm. Parker had. And I'm like, guys, like, I don't want to move back to Lincoln to be a beat writer for football. Like I'm really tired of beat writing. Um, and they're like, oh no, you're not gonna be replaced. You wouldn't be replacing Parker. You'd be replacing Sybil. And I'm like, well, excuse me, what? <laughs> so yeah, like I genuinely never thought that he would leave. And I feel like, you know, the same way about Chattel too. Like these are jobs that, you know- They're rare. Yeah, absolutely. And so I just, I never thought that I would move back to Nebraska because Sipple and Chattel's jobs were the only ones that I would want back Mm -hmm. here. So when I told, I didn't tell my mom that I was even considering moving back. I wanted to like wait until it was final because I didn't want to get her hopes up. And then when I called her to tell her, she's like, what? You said you were never, ever, 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 ever moving back to Nebraska. And I'm like, well, I Thanks guess I am. So, yeah, here we are. It's funny how things work out. So before you get to that phone call, all right, so you're you're in central Nebraska. You're finishing up your high school career in 2013, you said? Yeah, so um, my parents split in 2009. So we moved to Lincoln. Oh, okay. Um. So I went to high school here. So I went to okay. East for three years and then transferred to Southeast for my senior year. All right, there we go. And then from here, I believe you went to Kansas. Is that I correct? I did. Yeah. Yes. What went into that decision? So again, me sticking to something from childhood. So you know how you have like middle school boyfriends and girlfriends and like obviously that's not like a real boyfriend girlfriend situation but at the time you think it is like it's everything even though it's like only like three or four weeks or something like that so one of my middle school boyfriends um 
His name is Kai. He is happily married with children now. But um, he was a big Congrats to Kai if he's yeah. listening. Uh, he was a huge Kansas fan. And I adopted it, you know, as a good girlfriend does. And then the timing of our relation relationship, air quotes, um, he uh, – Kansas won the national championship that year. So I have just – I just stuck with it. And okay. I told my mom that I was going to go to KU and I was going to major in journalism. And she's like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, because what eighth grader, you know, thinks like that, first of all. And then, yeah, so when college is, you know, that time started to come when you're looking at colleges and like, I want to go to KU. And so for my 16th birthday, my mom let me uh, cut class and we went to an official visit on KU's campus and I fell in love with it um, and went to the journalism school, toured the journalism school, all of those things. Um, there was a brief period of time where I thought about Oklahoma State, but um, I loved their campus. They had just started a sports media program, but I didn't get the scholarships mm. there that I did at KU. So. It was a fleeting moment where I thought I would go to Oklahoma State. But, you know, I ended up going to KU like I had told my mother when I was in eighth grade. And uh, I loved it. And I don't regret it. People here, they're like, how could you not go to Nebraska? I'm like, first of all, they only offered me a $1,000 non-renewable scholarship. And I'm still salty about it. And I wanted to do something new. Yeah. Right? So I'm from South Central Nebraska, and I did swimming, like competitive, like USA swimming and USA track out there for years. So I know so many people. And then I went to high school in Lincoln, and I went to two different high schools in Lincoln. And through my track and swimming, I know so many people from Omaha, so many people from Lincoln, like all over the state. So like, I feel like I would have just latched on with my old friends and I wouldn't have branched out. And so I wanted a fresh start. And I think in that aspect, I made the right decision because I know I just would have continued hanging out with my old childhood friends and not really, you know, met anybody new or if I did, it wouldn't have been quite the same. So I wanted to just dive into something completely different. And I think that worked to, um, you know, my advantage because yeah. uh, I ended up being able to do in college. I never would have been able to do at the University of Nebraska. And that's not sliding the University of Nebraska. There's just no NFL team close. And I did a lot of NFL stuff when I was in college. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to dive into the, to your path. So you you finish up at Kansas and then, like, walk us through the next few years that ultimately leads to the phone call. That, hey, yeah. Steve Sipple's leaving. We need you to become our new Steve Sipple. Yeah. So what I did at KU really set the foundation. So I started working for the University Daily Kansan second semester of my freshman year. I was our swimming and diving beat reporter. Mm -hmm. And so it was so funny, the conversation that I had with the then sports editor He's like, yeah, usually nobody wants this. And I'm like, I was a swimmer for like over 10 years. Like, I love this. This is great. And so I covered all of the meets and I did some columns and uh, 
you know, just did whatever I could, you know, pinch hit on some other things. And then, you know, oh, we need a softball writer. So I ended up being our softball writer. You know, that continued. Um, all the while, I started uh, stringing uh, for the Associated Press, uh, second semester freshman year. And so through the AP, I covered KU football, KU basketball, the Kansas City Chiefs, a little Kansas City Royals. Um, and then through the student paper, it was swimming, softball, track and field, uh, volleyball. And so then you kind of got everything. And yeah. Just got, yeah. Yeah, it was great. And so through that, um, I ended up interning at the Washington Post in between my junior and senior year of college. And then uh, my senior year of college, I was writing sidebars for the AP off of NFL games. So like actually writing for the Associated Press as a senior in college, which was incredibly unheard of. But I had been working for them forever uh, as a student reporter. And so I took a break from the Kansan for about a year before they begged me to come back to be the sports editor the second semester of my senior year. So I went back to the Kansan and, you know, just did big features and columns and then had to do a lot of breaking news on crime stuff because that was a really wild semester in terms of so many people getting arrested and so many insane investigations that I ended up taking the lead on that with our news reporters. So yeah, through all of that, so all of the AP stuff, all the Kansan stuff, the internship I had with the Washington Post, that set me up for my first job out of college. I was the University of Montana football reporter for the Missoulian in Missoula, Montana. Um, and then I did a bunch of other stuff too. But yeah, that was a crazy first job. I was so fortunate to cover college football right out of college because, you know, the traditional path, it's, you know, you cover preps. And I did that. I covered preps, mm-hmm. but my main job was the University of Montana football team. Yeah. And that was wild. That fan base is small, but fierce. And I learned a lot. Uh, Missoula is a fun town. Got to spend oh, yeah. a night there last year. Yeah. I go back every year for like a week and a half. Um, and it's great. I love it up there. Um, I would move back if they had, you know, a similar job to the one I have <laughs> right now. Uh, I would move back in a heartbeat. I love it up there. But alas, they do not. But that's okay. Yeah. So you're a University of Montana um, football beat reporter. And then. Mm-hmm. From there, I believe you ended up with the uh, with with uh, down in New Orleans, right? Yes. Or was there a stop in between? So I was there. I left midway through a football season, and I was. This is where it kind of gets complicated. So back when I started in Louisiana, there were two competing newspapers: the Times Picayune and the Advocate. The Advocate was based in Baton Rouge, but had a New Orleans version of it in, you know, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But the Times-Picayune was the flagship paper of New Orleans. I worked for that paper. 
covering LSU. And I did that. So I covered football, men's basketball, and women's gymnastics. Um, I started covering women's gymnastics on a whim because I thought they were going to be really good. They were. And I felt that we would have a readership for it. And we did. So I just felt weird not covering any women's sports past high school or yeah, past the high school level. We didn't cover any college women. Sorry. My cat is uh, being a little needy right now. Um, And so I wanted to do that and I did, they got second at the NCAAs that year, which was wild. Um, But I only did that for about, I got there in October and then we were laid off in June because the other newspaper, the advocate, bought the Times Picayune and laid everyone off. So, but I was super fortunate that they rehired me back, but to cover the Saints. So I went from working for a New Orleans based newspaper and living in Baton Rouge to working for a Baton Rouge based newspaper and living in New Orleans. Um, but because the advocate bought the Times Picayune name, it's a little confusing for people who yeah. are like super aware of what happened there. So it looks like I worked for the same newspaper and got a promotion, but I, for me, it was, you know, two different bosses, two different organizations, two different jobs, two different houses. Like for me, it was two completely different things. Uh, even though on paper, it kind of looks mm-hmm. like the same thing. So um, and I was there from, you know, 2019 to 2022. So I was there for about four years. Um, and yeah, I loved it. I loved covering the NFL. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, covering it during COVID really sucked. But um, it's just a completely different animal than college football in terms of well everything. But yeah. especially from like a media standpoint. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What, like, at this time, you're in your your 20s. You're covering an NFL team. Mm-hmm. And an NFL team that has a rabid fan base, uh, for the most part. Yeah, all I do is cover teams with crazy fan bases. That's all I do. Hey, look, that's honestly, having never really had to cover anything without it, it's hard for me to imagine without that engagement. You know, like mm-hmm. having those people that are going to watch everything like a hawk and can't wait to point out that you're an idiot or whatever else oh, it yeah. is. Um, it makes you better because there's someone that's like, anyone can write for an audience of zero writing for an audience of people that really, really care and force you to, you know, really be selective in how you phrase and write things, I think is as helpful as anything in this job. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of that in Montana too. Like they, so I was the first uh, female grades football reporter and the fans let me know it at first. Like there was a lot of sexism from the fan base um, which, at first, which sucked. Um, and I knew I would get that somewhere. And I've got that a little bit here too, which is really unfortunate. Um, but I didn't get that in New Orleans. I just got a lot of, you're an idiot, which is fine. Cause sometimes that's true. So, but yeah, not much sexism in New Orleans, but Baton Rouge, I got a lot of it though too, like really bad. So was it from New Orleans then that you get the phone call to, to come mm-hmm. back to yeah. Nebraska? And so you, you get that phone call. Did you like, how much thought process went into, okay, I'm down here now. I'm covering an NFL team. Like, had you considered, like, what were you sort of hoping would be the next step before that phone call came? Honestly, I thought it would be, like, another NFL job. So, like, the Chiefs or the Seahawks mm-hmm. or, you know, just something a little different. Um, I was I was ready to move on. Um, not from New Orleans, but from the Saints. Like, it just had gotten a little stale. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, Sean Payton had left. Drew Brees had left the year before. You know, there it, there was just a lot of change. And I was ready for something different. Um, I had also realized that I kind of missed covering multiple things. But I also knew that I had been out of college sports for so long that I didn't know if I'd be able to get a job in college sports again. Just because, I mean, there's so many talented writers out there who don't have jobs. And so you never know who you're truly competing with for a job. Because who you think might be interested might not be or who you think is totally not interested might end up getting it anyway. Or it's somebody who hasn't worked in the industry for a while because, you know, they got laid off for no reason other than, you know, money and it's not their fault and they're still a really good reporter. So yeah, I was not expecting the call though, just because like I said, I never thought Sebel would leave. But again, I had never met him or talked to him really until I moved back here. So, but that was just the perception, the outside perception as, you know, a kid who, you know, he had that job before I was born and I thought he would have that job forever. So, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Let me tell you about Bubbles and Blocks Child Development Center of Lincoln. The Lincoln Choice Award for Best Daycare is actually growing right now. Expansion will begin soon at their North Lincoln location, 8521 Lexington Avenue. The expansion will almost double the size of their current location and will bring with it exciting learning experiences for kids six weeks to 12 years of age. It will also offer fun job opportunities for those looking to make a positive influence in the lives of kids. They offer flexible scheduling and a fun atmosphere. For more information, go to bubblesandblockscdc.com. So, all right, you're up here in Nebraska. You just went through your first year um, mm-hmm. as a as a columnist for the Journal mm-hmm. Star, and what a year it was um, <laughs> to be up here to to go through. And it wasn't just football. I mean, you have 
as a columnist, there's a, there's a lot of different things. Did you, so let's, let's start with this. Like you're, you're replacing somebody in simple that's generally considered to be an institution because of Mm -hmm. how long he's been there and everyone has a simple story and, and all of these things. As you approach taking that job and you first get here in Lincoln, how much of it, you know, was a focus for you? Like, I have to put my own kind of spin on this because people have for 30 plus years, you have an expectation of like, oh, this is what it's going to look like. This is what it's going to sound like. And now a new voice comes in. And a lot of times when that happens, people just want you to be an updated version of what was. And you have your own goals and ambitions and everything else. Yeah. So we, what works to my benefit is that we are really different. We're like, we like different things. We write about different things. Like we are, I get along with him so well, but we are very different people. Mm -hmm. And I think that helped because I am not writing like four or five columns a week. I'm writing a couple and doing like some voicey like mailbags and, mm-hmm. you know, features and enterprise stuff, which that's always been my bread and butter. And I think that approaching the role in a really different way has helped with that because I'm not simple 2.0. Yeah. I'm me. Um, and at first there were people who were pissed. They're like, bring back Sipple, blah, blah, blah. And then there was another huge, like, part of it that was like, oh, like, you're so great, whatever. And it's just, uh, you can never please everybody. But that's how you know you're doing it right. You know, that's how I always feel like when I'm told that I'm a homer or I'm told I'm too hard on the program. If it sounds equal on both ends of that, it feels like I'm exactly where I need to be. Yeah. And what... What's hard, though, is the people who are pissed at you, their voices are usually louder because mm-hmm. you usually get more angry emails than happy emails. Like people don't usually email you when you just write a good story. Like they're like, they'll mutter to themselves, oh, that was good. And they'll move on. Right. If there's something that they, you know, just to their core wholeheartedly disagree with, they're going to let you know. Um And then, you know, if somebody really, really, really loves something, then maybe you'll hear from them. And so it's hard, though, to gauge it because not everybody is emailing you all of their feelings all of the time. And I'm okay with that. I don't need all of those emails. Um, But yeah, so it's, but like I said, it's hard to gauge. Did you, so you get here, Nebraska moves on from Scott Frost after the end of the third game. Yes. Even as I say it, sounds insanity. You know, I lived through it. You lived through it. It still sounds insane. He made it to the third game um, and they move on. What sort of what was your mindset kind of going into having to sort of approach everything in a football season that gets blown up like that? I mean, you're, you know, there's an expectation as a columnist that you're a voice, you're a voice for sort of the, where the program's at for the fan base for all of these things and you're in the middle of a season that just almost has no identity at this point beyond the fact that its coach just got fired in the third week I mean so was that 
was there a challenge to figure out how you wanted to go about writing and, and how you wanted to and when to amplify your voice on certain things and, and when not to? Yeah. So in 2022, I had covered three different coaching changes. So Sean Payton retiring, air quotes, yeah. and then Will Wade getting fired at LSU because I covered Will Wade when I was our LSU reporter. And mm -hmm. so I was still pretty sourced up within the LSU basketball program. So I was able to help out with that. Yep. And then Scott Frost. So like it had weirdly become routine for me at this mm -hmm. point for like weird coaching stuff. So it's funny. I woke up early that next day, September 11th. I'll never forget that just because what a weird day. All the connotations that go with it. Yeah. What a weird day to fire someone. And I go to the mill, um, in the telegraph district and I sit down, I open my laptop and I, you know, tell myself like, I'm going to pre-write my Scott Frost gets fired column. Um, that's what I'm going to spend today doing. I'm going to pre-write it so I can rewrite it a couple of times before he inevitably gets fired in October. All of those things. I have two words written before I get the email, two words. Scott Frost. That's all I had written no. before we all got the email that he had been fired. So I didn't think it was going to happen that day just because firing him then cost them so much money. Like if they would have waited, but mm. you know, it is what it is. Money talks. Right. So, but I knew it was going to happen. Like I was getting ready to pre-write it. My column from the night before, which I left the press box at like 3.30, I think, rewriting that thing. Yep. Because um, what I didn't have much written at all at the, you know, at the end of the game because we didn't know how it was going to end until the very end of the game. So, Yeah. I was in the press box until like 3.30 a.m. probably. And then was up at the coffee shop at like 8. So I knew it was coming. I just didn't think it would be that day. Right. But I was in the Scott Frost is fired mode because I was like pre-reading that story. So for example, like my Drew Brees retire story, I had like 21 different versions of that story. Yeah. So, and that, like, when you know something is inevitably going to happen, you try to be as prepared as possible. Um, but sometimes you get caught off guard by stuff. Like, Sean Payton stepping away. I ha had just been at the salon. I was on the bridge next to the Superdome when my sources got back to me and said, yeah, Sean is stepping away. I'm like, oh! That one, that one took me by surprise. That one absolutely took me by surprise. But Scott Frost, the him getting fired, I didn't surprise anybody. But <laughs> no, no, the it timing did not. of it surprised a few people, myself included. Yeah, no doubt about it. So when you you get these big events, like whether it's the Sean Payton or whether it's Scott Frost or whatever, you know there's just going to be a ton of work that's going to be attached to it. You're also relatively new in the market. Were you, did you feel comfortable at that time that you had 
sources that would allow you to to kind of try to, to suss out where things could go in a coaching search? I mean, uh, yeah. when you're just getting into a market the way that you were in Lincoln? Yeah, so that's the tough part, but I did um, end up, you know, getting that figured out. Um, but yeah, there's it's a lot of legwork on the front end. And, and a lot just, of it for nothing, too. You make so many phone calls that could be something that you mm-hmm. file away. And then there's just a document on everyone's computer that's basically like, could be something. And or, so much of that is nothing, you know? Or like with a new coaching regime, like the sources that you had within the last one yeah. are gone. So you have to start over sometimes. So that was that's always, you know, really tough when there's a clean slate. But it's also a good thing, right? Because Scott Frost didn't like me very much. He didn't like anybody except for maybe Sybil. But um, so that's a good thing for people, right, to have like a reset. But it's also tough when you're trying to build new sources and you don't know who you can trust and who you can't. And they don't know who they can trust and who they can't. So it's a big dance that you have to redo every once in a while. Um, but yeah, so I was fortunate enough to be able to confirm them at rule stuff before it had been announced. I was sicker than all hell. Like I was, we were coming back from Iowa. I had the flu the week before. Everyone I, gets sick right around that game. Like it is and, a tradition. Yeah. I was, I got sick on my birthday, which is that Monday. Um, and because I wanted to go out with some friends and I'm like, ooh, no, I'm not leaving my apartment. I end up going to the doctor and she looks at like my chart and she's like, oh, happy birthday. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and then I finally start to feel better the night of Thanksgiving. And then I feel okay that Friday when we drive over there. But that was too long of a day for me. So when I woke up on Saturday, I just felt like death. And I'm like laying in the backseat of the car as we're like driving back to Lincoln. I'm just trying to call all of my sources while I'm feeling like death in the back of Luke Mullen's car. And I got it, but who that was, was not a great day for me. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Uh, all right, shifting gears a little bit. So one of the cool things of your job as a columnist, like obviously we could spend this entire time talking about football, but you get to cover, I mean, you're your columnist for one of the biggest, you know, papers in the state. You sort of get to cover whatever it is that you want to cover. Um, how many different sporting events, you know, different sports do you think you were able to get over and see last year? Uh, as the columnist for the Journal Star, because I mean, you can go cover women's basketball, volleyball, baseball, wrestling, whatever. Did you did you feel like you were able to kind of get a good, you know, pop in and out as to where you wanted uh, and, and be able to chase sort of stories as you thought of them? Yeah. So I actually tweeted out like a couple days ago, all of the sports that I had gotten to cover in my first year here. Let me pull it up. It was, oops, nope, wrong thing. Okay, Nebraska football, Nebraska volleyball, Nebraska men's basketball, Nebraska women's basketball, Nebraska track and field, Nebraska baseball, Nebraska softball, Nebraska wrestling, 
Nebraska Wesleyan track and field, um, Lincoln East football, uh, girls basketball. I wrote three different stories about girls basketball from state. Boys basketball, I wrote three different boys basketball stories. Um, I've written a couple stories about road running. And then one, I ran into a lady hiking the American Discovery Trail. So, um, yeah, I still have some more things that I would like to write about that I have not written about yet um, or dive deeper into. Um, but that's the thing. Like, I only have so much time mm-hmm. in a day and only so much time in a week. And you look down and then you look up and it's March already. And you're like, oh, I missed some things. So just got to be a little bit better about that, I think. But yeah, I mean, I think I covered like 15 or 16 different sports. So um, I'm pretty proud of that. Um, I wrote about some things that the Journal Star hasn't written about in a long time. And or just, you know, haven't you know, been touched on or just do things in a new way. So like write some features about different sports that we haven't written features about in a while. Um, and also just be present at high school sporting events. Cause I'm not the Huskers columnist. Yep. I'm the sports columnist for the Lincoln Journal Star. Yep. And so ignoring all of the wonderful prep sports that we have going on here or completely ignoring Wesleyan or like com- like, I can't do that. Like, I feel bad doing that. And I know that puts a lot more on my plate. But a good story is a good story. And people are going to read it even if they don't know much about the sport that I'm writing about. What do you what do you think it says about um, where Nebraska athletics is that if you were to make a list of the most interesting athletes on campus – you could check off multiple, you know, a women's basketball player, a softball player, a volleyball player, um, men's basketball. Like you're you're going down a list before you're getting to to football. Like what is that? What does that say for Nebraska athletics? Because so much we talk about, you know, the football team isn't doing X, but if you look around, there's national champions in multiple Olympic sports. There's a volleyball team that's generally always one of the best in the country. They just picked up probably the best softball player in the United States playing collegiately. Uh, Nebraska athletics is significantly more healthy than it probably gets credit for. And yet we always default back to football. How do you, how do you feel about that? Well, so you say we always default back to football. I don't write much about football in the off season because I want to highlight all of these other things because they are important and it pisses me off that everyone's like, Oh, like football's the only thing that matters. Football is not the only thing that matters. Like if you look at the state of athletics at the university of Nebraska, things are great except for a few things. And one of them is football. Women's athletics at the university of Nebraska is amazing right now. Like outperforming their male counterparts in just about everything. And so when I hear that, oh, like Nebraska's not doing so hot, like that's not true. You're just conveniently only paying attention to one thing 
And that's what I try to combat with mm-hmm. my reporting, whether that be a feature story or an enterprise story. I have a volleyball feature coming out in a couple of weeks that I'm really excited for. Um, but you have to pay attention to everything else that's going on because the University of Nebraska is much more than football. And anybody who reads me knows that I care way more about the entirety of it because there is so much more than football and you know volleyball is really good women's basketball is really good softball is going to be amazing to watch this year you know like women's track and field hello like they balled out this past season and so it's fun to cover winners and it's fun to cover things that are interesting and they don't have to be football. They do not have to be. The readership is there. The fans are there. Fans are craving for something positive. Um, You don't ignore the negative, right? Like I will always be at football. I will go Mm -hmm. to every football game as long as I am not sick or not going to a wedding that I really, really, really care about. Um, There's so much. I know I'm missing the Purdue game this year because of a wedding. (laughs) I wondered if there's a story there. Yes, there is. But. You know, like there's just so much more going on than football. Um, and it's fun. And it makes me sad when people think that football is the only thing going on because that's not true. Was was that part of the process when you you're thinking about taking the the job with the journal star? You could sort of, you know, we talked about putting your own spin on it, but it's also like you can you can highlight these things. Like you mm-hmm. can be part of the voice that amplifies you know, someone's interests, like someone's reading you the same way that you were reading Steve Simple and you could be, yeah, yeah. Um, And you could be the person that gets them into um, caring about Nebraska track and field, something that otherwise they may not have paid any attention to. Yeah. Like for me, and like I said a little bit earlier, a good story is a good story and people will read it. Like one of my favorite stories that I've done this year, other than the Jack Hoffman story, because I think that's my the best story I've ever done. Um, the story that I did with Peyton Rob about his leg. Mm-hmm. I got so many emails about that um, from people who would not have read about wrestling in the first place. And admittedly, like wrestling is a blind spot for me. It's something that I had never really covered before. Um, at all and um but you know a personality profile is a personality profile you know um or the story that i did about the nebraska wesleyan track kid who won a you know a national championship this year um following in the footsteps of his dad who won a national championship for wesleyan in the same event several years long i mean a long time ago you know, and now his dad is his coach. And like, you know, there's good stories everywhere. Like, and I wish I could get to them all. Um, But, you know, there are other things that you just have to do too. Um, But yeah, so when I got this job, I, even before I got the job, I pitched it like, yeah, I'm going to do columns. That is the role of a columnist, but I'm also going to do features and enterprise stuff and highlight things that aren't football. Like I'm going to be a like very present at volleyball. I'm going to be very present at men's and women's basketball. 
I'm going to be as present as I can with softball and baseball, knowing that I have an airborne peanut allergy. So that doesn't necessarily always work. Um, And I'm going to do whatever I can with track. And I'm going to look for really great stories with gymnastics and bowling and rifle and anything that's interesting because there are good stories to tell on every team, regardless of how much media coverage they get. And it is my goal to get to them all somehow. It may take me a couple years. It might take me a couple more years than that, but I want to write about every sport that Nebraska has to offer because there are good stories everywhere. It might take me a while, but we're getting there. No, that's, that's really awesome. You, you mentioned this earlier and I'd be disappointed in myself if we didn't at least sort of uh, wade into it, even though it's, it's a thing that I can offer no commentary on outside of just the colleagues that I've worked with, but you are a, a woman in a predominantly male field and it is, um, you know, I, I feel like there's more women getting into uh, sports journalism now, but there's a lot of challenges that, that come along with this. You mentioned that you've already sort of experienced some sexism since you've been uh, at Nebraska. You know, you replaced a, a male columnist uh, before. I mean, how how difficult has it been to sort of, you know, have to, to sift through that? Like you can't, I'm, I'm sure you don't want to let it impact your ability to do the job, but in the age yeah. of social media and the age of everybody having a way of getting your attention, it's not like you can ignore it either. Yeah. So thankfully the sexism has not been from anybody in the administration. It hasn't been any coaches, no players. Oh my God. The players have been amazing to work with in in that regard. Um, You know, it's just, it's been from a few fans, not very many, but a few. And, you know, the, the loudest voices in the room, you know, sometimes, you know, are the minority, right? So I'm a lot better about dealing with it now than I was when I was younger. When I was at Montana, I had a hard time with it because I was, you know, like 23, yeah, 22. So that was tough, but you just learn to deal with it. Like I just, anything that's a personal attack, I read it to make sure it's not like a credible threat that needs law enforcement involved, but then I just delete it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's no benefit in engaging in it, right? No. And so, sometimes things need to be called out. Um, and I'll do that on social media, but you know, it's usually not worth it. It usually, nothing is going to change their mind about women in sports. Like, you know, at this point, like nothing I say is going to change your mind. So you just let them shout into an empty void. Right. Um, but what has been encouraging is there are a lot of women around Nebraska athletics, like a lot, um, which is really cool because um, there have been. So I was the first LSU female beat writer period outside of um, the student journalists Mm -hmm. 
and then I was the second female Saints beat writer. Um, but then there was like a lot of like women in TV um, in New Orleans and in Baton Rouge. Um, so there were women around, but nothing like here at Nebraska. I mean, what, there are four female TV broadcasters in Lincoln slash Omaha right now. And then you have Aaron Sorensen, who does, like, literally everything for Hale Varsity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of the women who work for her dad. And you have, uh, like, you go to the photographers, right? Mm-hmm. And you have Anna Reed at the Omaha World Herald. And you have... I mean, the list goes on. I know I'm forgetting people. Um, even people who work in the department, like Vicky at the University of Nebraska, you know, they have like their two grad, not grad students, but like po- or post-grad uh, SIDs last year were both women. Yep. Um, the hell, the chief of staff for Nebraska football is a woman. Their head diet, their high, their head like dietitian, their head of like nutrition, both women. So like, there's a lot of women around Nebraska athletics in both a media standpoint and behind the scenes. So that's really cool because like we all notice it. Like we've all been the only one in the room before, and you notice that too. And so just to the sheer number of women that are around, um, whether that's as reporters or, you know, inside the department, um, that's been pretty cool. Um, and I hope that everybody has had positive experiences. That's awesome. That's great to hear. It really is. It really is. Oh, Abby. Yeah. Abby at on three. I knew it was. Yeah. Abby Barmore. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Like she's great. It's a good problem to have when you forget somebody because that means there are so many of us um, that it's very cool. So, um, but yeah, I think she's the only one working for the recruiting sites. Yeah, that I can think other. of yeah. at this so, time. Yeah. And then, like, the women who work for the Daily Nebraskan, and like, because there's a couple of them there, you know, um, there's some females like student photographers and videographers like there's a lot there's a lot of women around um and it's good to see especially for like the younger ones because when i was in college at kansas there weren't very many you know there were like one woman at a time at the kansas city star there were no women who worked for the lawrence journal world um you know, there were women who worked in TV, but they, it was usually, you know, they were usually at, like, the Kansas City games. They were never at, like, the KU stuff. Yep. Like, Holly Rowe would come to town, and then um, Dana O'Neill would come to town every once in a while. But, like, it is not the same. <laughs> it just, you know, I was the only woman covering Kansas football for a long time. Other than the main SID, who was also a woman, but yeah it's it's weird but i'm glad that it's changing that's good that's good we always finish up uh i allow the guests if they would like if there's a um you know an interaction or a story that you have it could be nebraska it could be any of your stops 
where you just had sort of the, the awkward experience during an interview of a coach or a question that you ask gets taken the wrong way and you're like sort of left shocked by the answer or the reaction of the, the individual. Do you have any, any stories like that uh, that you know, you'd like to put out there for public consumption? Yeah. So I was, um, I've got two, so this will go a little long. Um, no, no, that's fine. So one with Nebraska, I just met Scott Frost for the first time. I'm introducing myself to him. Um, and I'm like, you know, like I'm from, you know, Phelps County, you know, really close to Wood River. Um, but I went to high school in Lincoln, you know, went to East for a little while and then went to Southeast, you know, in the transfer portal before the transfer portal was cool. Just like trying to make a joke at myself mm -hmm. um, just to like make it like, I don't know, get him to laugh or something. Yeah. Humanize it. Not having it. It was so awkward. Just stared blankly, like just blankly ahead. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was it was bad. It was so bad. I felt so dumb, but you know, I was just trying to you know humanize me a little oh, bit. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. make a joke on my behalf just to like you know like get him warmed up. No, nothing, nothing. And this was right before the whole podium incident. <laughs> so. <laughs> the opening statement not heard around the world that yes. one yeah and then my favorite sean payton moment was was right after so it was the day after the saints played miami and they had like 20 plus guys out with covid so they were having to play like their entire practice squad and they had to play two guys who they had signed like literally the day before because they had no one available to play. And so like I asked Sean, I'm like, you know, there's very few silver linings to this, but, you know, was it a good thing that you got to see, you know, some of these younger guys that don't have a lot of experience in like real game action, um, you know, like how beneficial was that? He's like, you sound like my mother. And I'm like, oh God, no. And then, but he talked, <laughs> he talked his way into thinking it was a terrible question to, oh, this was a good question. And he like gave a really nice answer about it, but he had to jab at it, like just, just stick the knife in there. Oh, you sound like my mother. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's not what anyone wants to hear. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a memorable one that will always stick with me. Those are great. Sure. Those are great. Um, all right, we'll we'll finish with this. Any advice that you would give an aspiring? I I met with a student that was at the Daily Nebraskan, uh, or is still at the Daily Nebraskan. I met with him last week, and we talked for an hour, and it. it those conversations always give me a lot of energy because they're full of it. And I have mm -hmm. lost quite a bit in the last 15 years or so. So I, I want to, I want to finish with this one. Do you have any advice for an aspiring journalist to not necessarily get where you are now? Cause everybody has to blaze their own trail, but to, to, you know, as they seek out trying to find their footing in uh, competitive, um, but rewarding industry. Try new things. College is the perfect time to try things. High school is the perfect time to try things. I did a job shadow when I was like a sophomore or junior in high school at Channel 8. And like, you know, Brett Edwards, you know, 
the nicest guy on the face of the planet. But um, TV was not for me. And so I learned in high school that, okay, I don't want to do TV. Um, you know, I was a DJ at our college radio station and, you know, helped in on some of the other like sports talk programming and realized I hated it. So try things that you may not necessarily be interested in because number one, you will definitely know how you feel about it. You know, maybe you do hate it. You try it and you're like, not for me. But also, maybe you try it and you realize you like it a lot more than you thought you would. And high school and college is the perfect time for that. Um, You know, you can do that in the real world, too. But, you know, college, there's a lot of wiggle room. Safety net. Exactly. A lot of wiggle room to figure out what you like and what you don't like and what you're good at and what you're not good at. But also don't quit something just because you're not great at it. if you enjoy it, you can get better. So that would be it. You know, if you really don't like something, that's fine. But try to figure that out. And then don't quit if you're bad. Because if I go back and reread some of my college clips, I can guarantee you they are terrible. Um, but life's about learning. Even things I wrote a couple of years ago, I would go back and rewrite them differently now. So life is about growing and figuring out what you like, what you don't like, what you're good at, what you're not good at. Well, Amy, appreciate uh, an hour of your time here this morning. I, this was a great conversation. It was it was awesome to, to kind of get to know you a little bit better. I do a bad job of actually going and introducing myself in our large media scrum. So I created this podcast to basically force a way to talk to people uh, and get to know them a little bit more. And so we appreciate your time here this morning. Thank you. A big thank you to Amy Just for coming on to the show today. And another big thank you to Bubbles and Blocks Child Development Center for being our sponsor of today's Hey Coach, It's Blank podcast. Be sure to check out all the episodes. We're up to episode number five now. We are halfway through this 10-episode run. If you've missed any of them, you can get them anywhere you get your podcast, or just go to podcasthousemedia.com. And you can find it there as well as plenty of other great podcasts for you to listen to. I'm Mike Shaver. We'll be back with another episode next week.